Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Matthew 21, chapter 21, verse 2, Jesus says, Jesus saying to them, saying to his disciples, that is, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey. Say a donkey. Tied and a colt with her, loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Most of us probably know what happens in the rest of the story. Jesus gets on the donkey after the disciples put their cloaks over the donkey and Jesus starts making this journey down through the town of the city of Jerusalem and everyone celebrates him. They throw down their cloaks onto the ground and they take the palm branches and throw the palm branches down. We know this story as the triumphal entry and we celebrate this story on this day, Palm Sunday. We celebrate what's happening here and it is definitely something for us to celebrate. This is a moment of celebration. It's, you have to understand that this is really, this is things in Jesus' life have been building up to this moment. It's very, very significant what Jesus is doing in this moment. Even this road that Jesus is going down, I've been down this road in Jerusalem. I've walked down it on the trip to Israel that we took with, with, uh, with my wife's family a few years ago. But this road, if you know, it's a specific road that takes the journey down the Mount of Olives over what they call the Kidron Valley into what they call the Eastern Gate or otherwise known as the King's Gate. This was a journey that kings Prior to this story, kings, natural, literal kings would actually make down, they would make this journey down following a big victory. They would come down on their kingly horse and they would journey down there and Jerusalem would celebrate and it would be this awesome celebratory moment of victory. And so this is, in a sense, what we're looking at now where Jesus is revealing to everybody his kingship. He's officially revealing his kingship to the people of the day. And this is a powerful, this is an incredibly powerful story. But I wanna show you something, a perspective on this story that perhaps you haven't maybe seen before. I certainly hadn't. I want you to see this story from the perspective of Jesus' disciples. Because you have to understand Jesus' disciples, at this point, they had been journeying with Jesus at a close proximity for a few years now. These disciples had been watching Jesus operate in the supernatural. 
They had had conversations with Jesus. They had seen Jesus do things and move in things that were not of this world. They started to put two and two together and started to realise that this wasn't just a man, that this was in fact God in flesh. They started to piece together from one miracle to the next. They started to see that this guy is here, not just as a man, but he's here for a greater purpose. These disciples had been with Jesus and they had come to this realisation that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. These disciples, you have to understand, they are an oppressed people under Roman rule. So not only are they excited that they're rolling with the Messiah, but they're also excited about what they believe the Messiah is about to do because they are under Roman oppression. Roman rule. So they're not just excited that He's the Messiah. They're excited that He's about to take total dominion and authority, set them free from Roman oppression and take His role on the throne. So they're pumped. So much so that even a few verses before this story, you read about what they call the son, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John's mother comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, when you take your position on the throne, can my son sit either side of you? She's talking about a literal throne. She's saying, listen, Jesus, when you get the palace, can my boys hang with you? I want them to be seated up with you. I want them to have some authority. I want them to have some connections. There had been discussions amongst the disciples. Who's gonna go with Jesus? When Jesus gets to the throne, who's gonna be rolling with him? Who's gonna be the closest? They're thinking on this level. They're still in this mindset of thinking that Jesus in any moment now, I know he's rolling with a robe and, and funky sandals, and but any moment now he's about to, they're waiting for Jesus to flick the switch and grab the sword and start taking heads off and start establishing a, the battle. They're waiting for the battle to get happening. You gotta understand we're talking about a day and age where kingships were, kingship was established through victory, through fight and through battles. They're waiting for any moment, any moment. This dude is about to throw down. You're not about to see dove Jesus anymore. You're about not about to see lamb. We're about to flick the switch and see lion. Jesus is about, it's time for some Holy Spirit smackdown. We're about to, devil's about to tap out. It's about to happen. They're pumped, they're excited. And they're constantly wanting for this moment to happen. Just waiting. Every time Jesus does a miracle, they're thinking, is this it? Is this where he's? In fact, Jesus would often say the opposite. He would say to someone, he would heal someone and say, listen, don't tell anybody. It's not my time yet. So the disciples are like, okay, it's not his time, but it's coming. It's coming soon. So they're watching this happen. They know this road. They know this this journey, this, this road that's coming down the Mount of Olives over the Kidron Valley into the Eastern Gate, they know this is the road that kings take when there's a big victory, when they're about to take their throne. So they're watching Jesus get closer to the road and they start talking to one another. Hey, bro, it's about to happen. It is about to throw down. They're starting to do some stretches, ready to get to fight. We're about to fight. Bro, bust out the glow sticks. It's about to be a party in here. They're getting ready. 
They're excited. There's an anticipation. They've got their phones out waiting to post a selfie with Jesus in the background. Kidron Valley, hashtag King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Palm Sunday, I was there. <laughs> this is where it's at. They're pumped, they're excited. And Jesus walks up to two disciples. They're standing there with anticipation. What's he gonna do? We're about to, this is about to happen. He walks up and says, listen, I need you to do something for me. They're like, what do you need, Jesus? I'm your man, let's do this. I need you to go get me a donkey. <laughs> That's where the disciples, understand the disciples wrote this, so they're not gonna put this in there, but that's where the disciples are like, um, excuse me, Jay, bring it in, one, one question. I know you're God, and we're not, and up to this point, you've been doing great. Just even as we look through scriptures, Lord, things are going good. Born to a Virgin Mary, great. Holy Spirit came down to send like a dove, nice touch, very special. <laughs> Healing blind men, the mud in the eyes was a bit weird, but we're with you. John the Baptist, anointing, Holy Spirit, nice, things are going good. John the Baptist lost his head, that was a down spot, but that's all right, we picked it back up, the campaign. The campaign, Jesus, is going quite well. We got some momentum. You're at the front facing the Eastern Gate, Jesus. This is where the kings walk down. Not a good moment to ride on a donkey. I get you're in control, but Jesus, see, we look at the donkey and we celebrate it because we know the donkey is a sign of peace and humility. And we look at that and we say, he came not to be served, but to serve. And we preach sermons on it and I'm down for it, peace and humility. It's an incredibly powerful tool in the kingdom of God. But we have the beauty of hindsight looking back on this story. I want you for a moment to go inside the minds of the disciples and realise that the donkey was not something to celebrate at that point. In fact, the donkey to us represented humility and peace. But to the disciples, it represented to them something that they did not understand. To the disciples, to us, it's humility, it's peace, it's nice, it's a pretty picture. But to the disciples, when Jesus said, go get a donkey, that meant I want you to take a turn from the road you thought I was gonna take you down and I wanna take you down a road that you do not expect. The donkey represented to them not something just that they didn't expect, but something that they didn't even want. It represented to them a decision that they wouldn't have made. Do you ever look back on your life and think, you know what, if I was God, I would have done things different. If we're to be real, if we were to look at our life right now and maybe some things we're going through right now, we would say, you know what, as I look at my life, I recognise Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, but the reality is there are some things I'm walking through right now that if I was in control, I would not choose this path. I'm talking about 
situations that we find, us in, find ourselves in that we didn't expect, that we didn't desire, that we don't even want, but we're in them anyway. You're a businessman and you started that business with a great idea to build money for the kingdom of God, but now you find yourself facing bankruptcy. That's your donkey. You're a married person and when you guys were dating, it was all flowers and butterflies and she walked down the aisle and things were nice and sweet. The music was playing and the honeymoon was awesome and you came home and now it feels like all hell is against you. That's your donkey. When you got excited about that new job and you're waiting for blessing and you declare blessing and you believe it, press down, shaking together, running over and we speak it in church and we shout it and we get excited about it. But then you go to your phone and look at your bank account and it's not what you want it to be. That's your donkey. When you're married to an unsaved person and you're in church on a Sunday getting full of faith and you're excited and you're pumped and you even feel goosebumps sometimes when they sing that song, but you gotta go home and open the door and face. Don't tell them I call them a donkey, but. (laughs) When you're a parent, and you had that kid and you prayed it over their life every day and you declared the Word of God as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. My kids are not gonna sway to the left or to the right. They're gonna stay on track in the things of God. But all of a sudden they hit those teen years. Now they're running crazy. Guess what? That's your donkey. I wanna talk real quickly for a few moments on Palm Sunday about how to deal with our donkeys. Dealing with situations and circumstances that we wouldn't have chosen. Roads that we find ourselves on that we wouldn't have picked for our life. Circumstances that not only would we not even not have picked them, we don't even want them. We don't wanna deal with that, that's your donkey. It's the donkey for these disciples represents firstly the unexpected. These disciples had in their mind a plan of what God was gonna do and when he's gonna do it. Not only did the disciples, but the crowd, they were we talk about this crowd like they were praising, and they were, there's, there's, there's merit to that, they were to a point. But the interpretation of the word Hosanna, which is what they were shouting, they were actually, the interpretation means save us now. It's less of a praise and more of a cry for help. In fact, there wasn't much praise, it was more celebrating what they thought Jesus was about to do. They were celebrating what they expected. How do we know that? Because when it came to Jesus hanging on the cross, there's no crowd at the cross because so often when we put our faith in our plan, the moment that plan deviates and take a turn, we bounce and we don't wanna be part of it because our faith was never in God, it was in the plan we thought He should follow. Faith in God is not establishing your plan and then asking God to bless it. Faith is getting your plan 
submitting it to His purpose and saying, God, these are my dreams, these are my desires, but I trust You more than anything else. You do what You want to do. Your ways are not Your ways. Your thought, Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. I trust You. I give it all to You. How do you not lose faith in the unexpected? You make sure that your faith is in His plan and not yours. Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with some of our heart. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Every dream, every desire, God will actually at times allow the unexpected, even command the unexpected to keep us in that place of continually relying on Him. One of the most detrimental things to our walk of faith is familiarity. Remember the story of Moses. God speaks to Moses, gives Moses direction in Exodus 17 and verse six on how to get water out of the rock and said, I want you to take your staff and I want you to hit the rock and water came out. Later on in Numbers, we see the same scenario, the same situation, they needed water. Moses got familiar and said, I've seen this before. I know what to do. I know the plan and went out, but Jesus, God did not tell him to strike the rock. He told him to speak to the rock. In fact, because Moses missed it and stuck with what was familiar, God said, you're not gonna go into the promised land. I wanna tell you, church, is powerful when we remain, when we learn what it is to expect the unexpected in our life and remain connected to the source that is our strength and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm gonna do it. Even though I may wanna go this way, I'm gonna trust your will and trust your way and you're gonna guide and order my steps. It's knowing what it is to stay in that place of the unexpected. We cannot put our faith in what we think He's going to do. Our faith, it's not a, our faith in God is not a plan. It's not an event. It's not a service. It's not a moment. Our faith is an undeniable belief within our heart that I trust His will, His way, His nature and His Word more than anything else, even when it does not make sense. I trust in God. Give Him praise for about 10 seconds. If you're grateful that you serve a God, you can trust Him. When you don't understand, you don't expect it, He knows. It was unexpected and the unexpected led them into the unknown. Can you imagine this discussion these disciples are having on the way to the donkey? What are we doing? Do you know why we're doing it? I've got no idea. Why is he getting a donkey? Like, are we about to eat lunch? Are we about to kill this thing? Are we going to sacrifice her? What are we going to do with this thing? He's Surely he's not going to ride on it. Is he going to ride on a donkey? That's embarrassing. I don't want to roll with a dude riding on a donkey. Where's the stallion? Why are we doing this stupid thing? I don't know. We're just going to do what he tells us to do. He's God. The unknown, the unexpected will lead you to the unknown, but there's something powerful about the unknown dependent on how you respond to it. The unknown will either produce faith or fear in our life. What do you do in dark places? You know, one of the beautiful things about the dark, the dark helps us value the light so much more. 
You ever walk into a room and you don't know where the switch is? And you turn on, turn on the light and you hold on to the light because in an unknown place where I don't know where I'm going, I learn to value the light so much more. You take the light away from me, I'm stuck, I can't go anywhere. But when I've got the light... I value the light in my life. I wake up something powerful about being in an unknown place where you don't know what the next day is gonna hold. You wake up in the morning saying, God, I need you today. I need your touch. I'm not walking out of that door without your presence. I need a word from God. I need that word that's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I'm not taking a step without you. I don't need anything else. Everything else can fail me, but I cannot have you fail me. I need you with me. We value His presence so much more when we're walking out into the unknown. See, we get so familiar. We get so used to it. We get so used to where we want to go, what we want to do. It's knowing what it is to step out to embrace the unexpected, to step out into the unknown. But not only that, the donkey represented what they didn't expect, what they didn't know. But you know what? It also represented what they didn't even want. There's nothing they want. They, they didn't want, they actually didn't want a donkey. We're talking about a day and age that values kingship, victory and grandeur. This is what they valued, what they saw as powerful. So when Jesus said to them, we're gonna, we're gonna use a donkey for this one. In their minds, they're like, a donkey? That's a bad idea, God. Do you ever talk to God like he needs your help? ever have those conversations? No, I think we should. And then you catch yourself, you're like, shut up, Ben. (laughs) Sometimes we talk to him like we know better for our lives than he does. See, they knew what they wanted, but he knew what they needed. See, that was the whole thing with the crowd. The crowd was celebrating what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to come in and save them from Roman oppression. But they needed, they wanted someone to come in with a sword, smack some heads and establish a throne and set them free. But what they needed was a saviour that would go and hang on a cross. Do you trust him enough for him to lead you into not what you want, but what you need. That's why the Word of God is so powerful. Sometimes I find myself reading the Word of God and seeing things that I don't want to see. Is that not the truth? Sometimes I read it and it's like, oh, gee, wow, Lord, could have we started the day with something a little nicer, you know? But it's not about the Word of God giving me what I want. 
about the Word of God giving me what I need. See, the problem is, is I think in our modern Western day culture, we've sort of, we tailor make the Word of God and we take a little bit out here and a little bit there. This is not a smorgasbord where you just roll up and pick a little bit here and a little bit there, dependent on what you're feeling. You either get all of it or none of it at all. He's either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. You take it in its entirety. Have you ever had a tailor-made outfit, tailor-made dress or tailor-made suit? Remember when we got married and you would go before you, you wouldn't just go and, and, and pick a suit. What you would do is they would actually measure you first and get your dimensions and then they would pick, they would actually create a suit based on your current shape and size. See, the problem is, is I think we've taken that same concept to the kingdom of God. And we want a tailor-made version of the kingdom of God to wrap around me, but not change me. I want, I want a little bit of scripture here that just sits nice here, just enough where I can remain the same. There's a big difference between a tailor-made suit and a Spanx. Come on, ladies. There's so many things I want to say right now. But it's Palm Sunday, so I'm going to be on my best behaviour. See, a tailor-made suit is designed to fit where you currently are. But a Spanx will... Pull you in just a little bit to get you where you could be. See, Scripture works more like a Spanx. It's not comfortable, but it helps shape me into what I could be. So when I want just a tailor-made suit, God says, you don't want a suit, you need a Spanx because there's some areas of your life we need to do a little nip and tuck right here and just pull you in just a touch. Oh, come on, let me tell you something. We need to take the Word of God for what it is and say, God, mould me, shape me, do what you wanna do. I got some issues, I need some work. I need you to wrap around me and shape me so I can be more like you. Give Him praise if you believe Him this morning. It's allowing the Word of God to, when I'm out of line, just to pull me in. When I don't wanna forgive and the Word says, if you don't forgive them, I'm not gonna forgive you, pull me in when I wanna judge someone else and look at how everyone else is living and lash out on someone else and post this comment about someone else and attack someone else, the Word of God will say, you know what? We just need to do a little nip and tuck right now and just pull this in and remind you that you need to not be worried about the speck in your brother's eye or sister's eye, but worry about the own log that's in your eye. When I wanna start to gossip and wanna start to lash out. See, sometimes it's the little Scriptures that I think just hit us a little bit. 
I love what CC Winan says, how we talk so much about the Greek and Hebrew. Let's just start doing the English. Let's just look at the Word of God and say, you know what? I'm down for Greek. I'm down for Hebrew. Let's unwrap it. Let's look at it. But let's start from step one and just say, you know what? Let's not fornicate. Let's not lie. Let's not gossip. Don't worry about Greek and Hebrew if you can't do the English. Allow the English to just pull you in a little bit and mould you and shape you so you can be what God has called you to be. It's the Word of God. It's not what I always want, but it is what I need. It's not what they desired. Sometimes the donkeys in our life, they're the things that we don't want. But I've noticed this, if there were no difficult times, circumstances and battles in our life, there'd be no opportunities for God to show us that He has victory over them. I need to go through some things in order for my God to come down and show me how powerful He is over it. I don't know what blessing is until I was broke. I won't experience healing unless I go through sickness. I won't experience God's ability to restore unless I've walked through brokenness. Don't despise your donkeys. Let Jesus get on your donkeys and show you there might be a donkey, but you serve a God who'll ride a donkey and get glory out of your donkey. You gotta remind yourself that this might be a donkey, but this donkey is gonna come under. So I'm gonna take authority over this donkey. I need to know sometimes. I need that reminder sometimes. I need to know that Jesus doesn't just walk on calm water. I need to know that there was some wind, there was some waves, there was a storm, but my Saviour was still walking. That's why Scripture is so great. When I'm going through it and dealing with it, I can look back at Scripture and read about a guy called David who walked out onto a battlefield with absolutely no reason to be there, no ability, no training, with just a stone and a sling to remind me when I'm up against it, I serve a God who will give me victory over my challenges. It's dealing. It's dealing with my donkeys. The stuff that I didn't expect. Keys can come. The stuff that pushes me out into the unknown where I don't know what we're doing. I don't know how God's gonna pull it together. I don't know how He's gonna turn it around for my good. It's great to quote, but how many know when you're in it? It's tough. When you can see how God's gonna work it out, that's putting faith in your understanding of God. But what do you do when you can't see where it's gonna work out? That's putting faith in Him, saying, God, when, I don't know how you're gonna do this, but that's the perfect recipe for a miracle. What I didn't expect, 
what's unknown, what's undesirable. He took authority over the donkey. Remember the story of Jesus in the boat? Jesus out, out on the storm. Jesus is asleep in the boat. You have authority over any storm that you can sleep through. There's a peace, there's a peace because he, 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 I love the fact that Jesus, we never hear of Jesus shouting. Think about that. I know we shout in church so much just because we get excited. But Jesus had such authority. He could just speak and things happened. The unexpected, the unknown, the undesired. And then I wrote this one down. The straight up ugly. I think we get, sometimes you hear stories about nice miracles in church. I came to church with a headache this morning, but I prayed. It's great. It's awesome. I'm not belittling it. I prayed and God, and my headache's gone. That's awesome. Me and my spouse, we're not communicating great. But God has mended it and given us some keys and God has moved. That's awesome. But what about those situations that they're just straight up ugly? Nothing pretty about a donkey. What about those situations that we're actually embarrassed to tell people about? Where we say, man, if I was to even, I, I don't even know where to start. But I love what God says. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, He says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. God has an, an, an ability to take something, to take the donkey that's not just unexpected, unknown, undesirable, but the one that's just completely, utterly hopeless and we don't know what to do. And He sends the disciples and He says to the disciples, I want you to get that thing. Remember, donkeys are stubborn. I want you to grab it. I love that piece. He says, I want you to untie it. Essentially, I want you to put your hands on that thing and I want you to grab it and I want you to bring it to me. Because even though you may think it's useless and has no purpose and is not even worth dealing with, I'm gonna use that very thing in my plan and my purpose. Sometimes I think that the donkeys in our life that we're trying to protect Jesus from because we think He's so meek and mild and pretty and He's so sweet. We don't want Him to deal with the junk and the ugly stuff and the stuff in our hearts and the things that we're dealing with that we don't tell anyone about. Sometimes those are the very things that Jesus says, bring me the ugly and I'll get on top of what you thought was in, uh, unusable and completely broken and I'll use it for my glory. The things that we're, we're going through. 
I want to close with this in Judges 15. I love this, the story of Samson. Samson is, is tied up. And the Bible says the Israelites, the Philistines, I'm sorry, have got Samson and he's tied up. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became, became like flax that is burned with fire and his bonds broke loose from his hands. Verse 15, look at this. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps with the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. What jumped out at me was in verse 15. It says, see, I've always thought, I know this story, and I've always thought the jawbone of a donkey is like a dried jawbone that's been sitting there for a long time and Samson grabs it. But it doesn't say that. It says that it was a fresh jawbone. When I saw that, I I got this picture of this bloodied, mess of a jawbone with blood and flesh still on it. See, I think we have the faith that God can use the situations we've been through in our past. But I think sometimes we struggle to believe that God can use the situations I'm currently going through in my present the things that are still fresh. See, we talk a lot about God will use your past and we talk about our testimonies of I was bound, but now I'm free. But do we have the faith to believe that God can actually do a work while you're still in it and still work it for my good while I'm still journeying through it? Sometimes we wait till we're out of it before we have faith. But I wanna tell you this morning, on Palm Sunday, that you serve a God that wants to help give you the strength to overcome it while you're still in it. That you don't have to wait to come through it before you start to give Him a praise. You can be right in the middle of a hurt that is still fresh, of a brokenness you're still dealing with, of heart issues you're still walking through, of addictions you're still battling and give God praise in the middle of it and put your hands on it and say, God, I know that you're about to work this thing for my good and you're not gonna wait till I've come out of it. You're gonna give me the strength to overcome it while I'm still in. How do we deal with our donkeys? And right across this room, I don't know what we're, what you're facing and what you're battling, what you're dealing with. But I dare say there's some donkeys. Some things that Man, we don't, sometimes we don't wanna face. Sometimes we know it's there. We know what God is telling us to do. But I felt like God told me to tell the church on Palm Sunday, it's time for us to deal with some donkeys. In faith, recognising that God is about to use your 
donkey. You don't have to be worried about it. You don't have to be shameful about it. The very thing you're shameful of and scared of and trying to hide and trying to avoid, God is saying, give me that thing. I'm gonna use that for my glory. Right across this room, I want all of us to stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.